0: Hello, everybody. Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bomb Podcast, Episode 84. We are back in the studio. It is your pals,
1: Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Boom! I'm back. We're back. I heard Brian's uh, solo podcast. It sounded so lonely. Ich bin solo. Yeah. yeah, that was a little. Uh, a little ich, ich bin solo. Yeah. Ich bin solo. Uh, it had to be done, you know. Like
0: otherwise, we wouldn't have had a podcast for for two and a half weeks, and I know the fans would not be able to stomach that. There'd be revolts. It would be. You know how they had the day without women? There'd be the day without skiers. There'd be people a lot would pe- just step out of their offices and their coffee shops, wherever they work, and they would not work because there'd, they'd be...
1: There'd be a lot of people protesting. There'd
0: be a lot of people protesting. I would have
1: had to walk through a lot of people to There'd do be this at least podcast. nine
0: people protesting. Damn. And that would be
1: a beautiful thing. They'd even block in the elevator. I would be like, excuse me, pardon me. Fight the power. Damn, I'm glad you did it. Fight the powder. <laughs> Fight the powder. Fight, <laughs> Fight the, the powder. powder. That's right.
0: Fight the powders that be. So thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Check us out at skibumpodcast.com. Check us out on all of our social media. Instagram.com slash dot Twitter.com slash dot Facebook.com slash podcast. We're on Pinterest as the highfalutins. We're also on SoundCloud somewhere. I think we're ski Podcast. I don't know. I paid the bill last week, but I haven't put anything up. And I'll keep teasing it. And maybe one day I will actually put something up. But you'll have to stay tuned
1: to find out. And I think we own Bum dot com.
0: We got a whole bunch of different Boom. URLs that we
1: own. Highflutantskibomb. dot info, ski bum We got the did dot ski one, didn't we, too? No, we did not. Oh boy, that, that was a lot of money. That was no. Somebody already bought it. There's was like a lot of money. <sighs> really? dot ski is really a little douchey. Where is it from? I'm gonna call it douchey now. Where is dot ski actually? Like, what country is it? Um. Country of Douche-topia, because Ooh. they charge like twenty times the rate of any other i think douchetopia is a good i think basically
0: well in. because everyone knows that dot com 's a fad it, it is no one is using dot com
1: i I almost thought about dot org because we 're an organization like we 're Almost non-profit right now, but we want to...
0: go. <laughs> we're <laughs> accidentally non-profit. <laughs> we're like, we suck at this, that's why we're
1: non-profit. we kind of on purpose. On <laughs> yeah. Actually, we're on purpose non-profit because, we, you know, we have other... We're waiting for the trust funds to drop. I'm ready to sell out. Dude, I'm we, ready to sell out tomorrow. We got to wait for the trust funds to settle in, yeah. and, you know, be able to settle out and, you know... Like we our gotta,
0: first sponsor, Shrimp Tree, handcrafted malt liquor. <laughs> <laughs> so, how... <laughs> What's the commercial for that? Let's get into that.
1: (laughs) Shrimp Chi won't. That's going to be in the summertime. We're going to have our uh,
0: our first official sponsor.
1: We're going to have sponsors.
0: Oh yeah! (laughs) But thank you guys so much for listening. And if you could go to your favorite podcasting app and rate us, five stars would be awesome. We do appreciate it. And if you need instructions how to do it on iTunes because it's madness how complicated it is, go to skibumpodcast.com and there is a, uh, a post on there how to do so.
1: But it's been a long day, and I think it's a little time for a little operated Oh, the music day. is back. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So when
0: I recorded the podcast solo last week, I had the music playing through GarageBand. But I did not realize it was not recording. So, uh, yeah, there's the music that you know and love. It sounded very lonely. It did. It was, it was lonely in there. So there's lonely in there. Gone to lonely, man. It's, Mr. Franklin, a little lonely.
1: Yes. <laughs> All right. So um, I am drinking. I'm going to start. I'm just going to jump in. Please do. Super Session Number Two by Lawson's Finest Liquids.
0: Is there a Super Session Number Three?
1: I think that. Where's the one? Where's the one in three? That's what's freaking me out right now. It's like
0: Leonard Part Six. <laughs> That's right. Where are the other parts? <laughs> They're all just passed out from drinking, from being drugged cappuccinos, I guess. I,
1: I love the Super Session Number Two. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, Super Session Number One, what did it taste like? Was it fantastic or like, you know, you throw the batch out? Like, what happened? Maybe it killed people. Maybe it could have been. It's quite possible. Could be the roofie Session. I don't yeah. know. The Cosby
0: Session Number Two. Oh,
1: <laughs> Hello. Hello, Bill. Damn it, the Cosby Session Number One is so. <laughs> 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 Just falling down. Uh, anyway so this is a single session hop single I must hop. have
0: fallen asleep on the remote because God. my ass is killing me I
1: don't know I went to watch it I went to I went to sleep watching Judge Judy J- J- I woke up watching I don't know some shit at night
0: oh man my damn yeah, not good Man. All right. Sorry about that. Super <laughs> session.
1: Did I fall on this remote? I don't know. Anyway, uh, single hop session IPA brewed with Amarillo on this batch, and collaborate, <laughs> and collaborate in collaboration with Vermont Pub and Brewery. We got to check those guys out.
0: Vermont Pub and Brewery. Yeah.
1: The fact that they collaborated with Lawson's it, that means that means something. Just saying.
0: Hey, if they're good enough for Lawson's to want to work with them, they're good enough for
1: us. That's what I said about Bill.
0: Yeah. <laughs> farm <laughs> Alright, so I am drinking in uh having a beverage that we've talked about before in the podcast. It is the Foley Brothers Prospect, which is a American double IPA. That is mm-hmm. it comes in <laughs> at a yeah. <laughs> it comes in at a heavy 9%. Uh it's double IPA brewed f- with grain from Vermont and Maine. Uh, it's got Galaxy and Citra Hops, and it is it's a little more, like a tiny bit more syrupy than like a like a, a sip of sunshine or a heady topper, but it's very flavorful or a super really session, tasty, way more than a super session, yeah. yeah. But yeah, really tasty and a little bit hazy, very nice amber, rich color, and uh, really good. It's got a nice color, got a nice flavor, very good, yeah. So big fan of most of the things that I've had from Foley Brothers. So yeah, which is Delicious. the one that we had.
1: I don't remember which one we had. That um, Damn it, at that one, uh, tasting. The Foley? Yeah. Oh, we had a Yosh.
0: Uh, they had a couple last year that were so freaking good. Um,
1: We've got to find them. We'll figure it, it out. might
0: have been pieces of eight. I had the Citronelli, Citranial, uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, that was really good. Okay. And I've also had the Pruppa Ruby, which was also really good. That's you, a... That's an American pale wheat ale.
1: Well, you were at the white, you were at the, uh, the Yosh. Yes. This last, and what did they have? Harlan?
0: They had Hill Farmstead Harlan. Fuck! But two weeks ago, they had the Society in Solitude number five, which they, they, they went through the entire keg in less than two hours. Fuck! It was so, well, that was also the weekend after they got the three feet of snow, so it was kind of quiet Well, I gotta rub there. it
1: in like a little, why do you do that? Where's the rubbing? <laughs> you can say words and you're not rub. saying it, and you're rubbing it by saying it. Some Vicks vapor rub, you know? Just, God damn it!
0: Yeah. Well, that's just the fact of the matter. You know, that's just how the uh, the cookie crumbles. The I'm
1: glad you fiddle, got to enjoy it. That's what I'm elbow. saying, brother. I'm glad you got to enjoy it.
0: Someone had to do it.
1: So I'm glad if I couldn't be there to enjoy it, you got to enjoy it.
0: Someone had to do it, and it was quite nice. I like it. Got to be honest. All right, so good stuff.
1: Now it's time to take a little ride. There it is. Take Hop a little in. ride in a gun. Hop in. Yeah. Smoke's coming out. Ooh, what's that? Ooh. You guys mind if I smoke? I'd actually prefer you didn't.
0: We but do If a you have some vape. truffles,
1: we do a little vape. If
0: you have some truffles,
1: boom. What do we got, Brian? That
0: might be enjoyable. So we want to give a a thank you to our pal Frank who. uh who dropped his bean on us this week. And his wife. He's out in who Colorado right now. Or he might be back by now, but he was out there in Colorado. And uh, his special bean this week was uh, nothing smokable, but it's a uh, a truffle. Ooh. And this is the Crescendo Collection. Crescendo? A six-piece truffle collection. Three flavors. 10 milligrams of THC each.
1: Oh, you know what I love about that? Hey, honey. How's it going? Oh, I brought you a box of
0: chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Life is like a box of chocolates. You don't know how (laughs) fucked up you're going to get.
1: (laughs) Hello, Bill Cosby. Boom. We're back to Bill.
0: So, these from uh, the good folks at Coda Signature, the Crescendo Collection, they won 2016 High Times Colorado Cannabis Cup. First place, best edible. Boom. Number one.
1: I got to say, they are gorgeous looking Mm -hmm. edibles. I don't say that about food. Gorgeous is not a, a. a term i use for food but this these look pretty goddamn gorgeous who's the famous chocolatier the jacques jacques Torres. jacques
0: therese he's this is the jacques therese of weed edibles it's oh,
1: fucking good stuff man so this
0: collection is full of great anticipation
1: we gotta it, go to jacques therese in brooklyn we gotta go to that shit i've
0: been to the one in the chelsea market it's it's chocolate
1: I heard the one in Brooklyn's like Willy Wonka shit. Ah, Brooklyn, everything is so great in Brooklyn. Everything's so... Cool, you got to bro- grow, grow a beard and mustache though. Yeah. If you had... He shaved. My I, pants I aren't nearly tight enough to go to Brooklyn right now. If you, didn't, if you hadn't shaved and you left your hipster mustache and beard, we would have been able to go right in. My but we beard, can't get past the border now. My
0: beard was not hipster. It was like lumberjack level.
1: But that was all right. There was lumberjack hipster. It's it's. Uh, there was like you know.
0: grass clippings and shit in there, so that's how you know it's legit. If it's all like, if it smells like uh, like lavender and bergamot, that's P- a hipster beard. Patchouli crap. I had crap in my beard. <laughs> the patchouli. Food hanging in there. It was disgusting.
1: Dude, all you had to do is comb it out. Get a get a little hipster comb and a little little beard. The beard oil. I don't know what the difference between beard oil and oil is. All I knew is
0: I knew it was time to shave when I can start tasting food from my. Like, three plus meals ago in the
1: nice. beard. Can you do like, does it have to be beard oil? Can it can be like fucking Wesson. Just like... I put a little a Mobile there. One in there. Boom, that's what I'm saying. A little synthetic motor oil. Just Yeah. That's right. Good to go. little tag that says Brian on, the, on your little shirt. Yeah. That's hipster too.
0: <laughs> just want to get back to talking about these truffles right now.
1: All right, they look fucking awesome. So
0: they begin with white chocolate filled with fresh lemon and just a hint of juniper berries. The excitement grows with milk chocolate steeped with Earl Grey tea leaves and sweetened with Colorado honey. And at the peak of this grand crescendo is a luscious caramel spiked with Malden salt crystals. Is your mind blown now? Is your mind blown? I don't know how you can eat these things. Like, I just... They just seem so. I, I, I don't know. How you I would just eat buy like thing. boxes of these things and just sit there, like Peg Bundy, eating bonbons on my I, couch. I store these in my ass. <laughs> when they start melting, you're gonna see some shit. It's exactly. gonna get real. Exactly. Prostate induced cannabis. God,
1: I don't damn. know if you're ready for that. That's Boom. the next level
0: stuff, right there.
1: Hey, everybody's like you know, anal chugging fucking alcohol. Why not fucking anal chugging? Fuck a tampons. <laughs>
0: Everyone's doing it.
1: Everybody does it. Yeah. And all my friends do. It's old hat. Yeah, pretty
0: much. I'm doing a, now it's Everclear tampons. That's the
1: way to do it. It's the way to do pop-up vodka. Just right in there. Just
0: right in your ass. Just fucking. It's an IV drip of like pop-off. Just walk around with it.
1: Handstand, headstand, and just fucking boom, pop-off and right in there. That's where you gotta have a spotter. Somebody's gotta put that in there. Think about it. If somebody said, I don't want you to do it, but I want you to just jam this pop-up vodka in my ass,
0: I couldn't do it. It would be time for new friends you gotta
1: <laughs> you gotta disassociate from those people I like i gotta fucking grow up and get the fuck out of here it's what it be time for
0: it's time you have to look yourself in the mirror and go i have to molt my friends it's time to just reduce that you gotta go jack well style just lose 10 percent of them <laughs> exactly
1: that's the way to do it jack Welsh such shit.
0: you got to jack Welsh shit boom so thank you frank i hope you enjoyed your uh your crescendo collection wow. and i am we took a little ride on that one. i'm sorry frank I am. Hey, that's what it's all about. They look delicious, though. It's all about uh, experimentation. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Sounds delicious. Ooh. So, we got a bunch of cool cannabis related stories this week. And Indeed. I'm going to start with the one from Canada. So, this is Bam. big news out of Canada. They're looking to announce that marijuana will be legal across the entire country by July 1st, 2018. Blame Canada. That's huge news. So provinces will have the right to decide how marijuana is distributed and sold. Uh, CBC, which is kind of Canada's CNN, they've, they've reported. And one of the quotes that I saw talking to Justin Trudeau, who's the prime minister of Canada, he was saying it's easier now for a kid to get a joint than it is for them to get alcohol. And he was relating it. He's like, you know what? There's no black market for alcohol. So you know, because they it's established, they have it. You know, the well, regulations, if it, the channels. If it was
1: illegal, the, of course, but mm-hmm. yeah, now
0: yeah. So they're look they're thinking in the same way. You know, you can be criminalized and have your life ruined by just this one. You know, joint one simple marijuana possession, but now if we regulate it, if we you know create these standards. There'll be less people in jail, there'll be um, less black market influence, and more money going to the government, you know, going to the uh, either the provinces or the cities where it's being sold. So it's, it's, it seems like it's a really positive step for Canada. And it's almost embarrassing for the U.S. to be coming in third, fourth, fifth, sixth, it's 15th place us. right now. We're screwing ourselves. Completely. We're putting more people in jail. We're losing out in billions of tax dollars. We're strengthening the cartels. It's, we're it's giving Canada
1: a leg up. Just just giving them the leg up. Just there you go, Canada. Just just do what we should be doing. But
0: Yeah, we were on the right path, and now all of a sudden, um, you know, this current administration has decided to, to act like it's nineteen forty all over again and create this green scare, which, you know, I, I think it's temporary but it's uh canada has definitely beat us out in this and you know good for them they have awesome mountains awesome skiing great people and now they have they're going to have legalized weed so canada's taking
1: to the next level i like it canada's going to push us to do the right thing it is otherwise we're going to fall behind the wayside like a bunch of freaking just relics they're going to build the wall keep us out yeah oh fuck it yeah. and they're going to make it they're going to make us pay for it too they
0: will <laughs> <laughs> in cannabis and that's how <laughs> we're gonna get lee that's how we're gonna get we legalized is we're, we're gonna have to legalize it to pay for the wall that canada wants us to build
1: we're gonna pay them for the cannabis they're sending here and then they're gonna build the wall with that money and then we're like you just built the wall for yourself thanks perhaps thanks. yes way to go
0: we're already paying for hemp from them way to go we have to buy hemp from canada because it's illegal here way to go A. stupid way to yeah. go A
1: <laughs> anyway uh, opioid ablu- uh, So, the next, next thing we got going is opioid abuse is plummeting in states with legal marijuana. So, don't tell Chris Christie that he won't believe that because we got an addiction
0: problem in this country.
1: Well, if we were talking about addictions of um baked goods, Twinkies, that would be Chris Christie just yeah. shoving him in his big fat face. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so they came out with a bunch of statistics after doing some analysis, and they're saying. <clears throat> that uh, states with medical marijuana are roughly 23% lower of opioid abuse dependence uh, than states without legal access. So they're actually trying to, you know, draw the uh, correlation between, you know, people doing marijuana, you know, instead of opioids. And opioid opioid addiction is huge. Um, if you've ever been on opioids, and I have— they, there's like all these warnings that like actually make you talk to like the pharmacist when you go pick up your prescription. And there's like there's like they register with the DEA for like carrying them. Opioids are so addictive. They're like if you're on them for like between three and five days, you can get an addiction. That's how quickly it happens. That's insane. And it's fucked up.
0: And it's so crazy that they're not held, they're not holding these pharmaceutical companies liable for any of this.
1: Well, it's the idea that oh, they just put it out there but we're not accountable for what you if you abuse it. So, it's kind of like I heard a story last week that you talked about somebody that took some, uh people back country skiing, who's a guide, and he might get sued. I think that's bullshit. So, how do you yeah, know right. what conversation anybody had? So, so if I walk down a street and I get shot I'm going to sue somebody if I I go into a restaurant and I get sick. You're going to sue sue Smith &
0: Wesson. You're going to sue the bullet manufacturer. Yelp. I'm going to sue Yelp. You're going to sue the high
1: school that the person who shot you went to? Exactly. I mean, like, where does it stop? I mean, eventually people have to get down to being accountable for their own actions. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so anyway, so they're saying emergency room visits for opioid overdoses – are on average 13% lower than states without medical marijuana programs. So it's very interesting that they're actually showing statistics now where if you're in a state where medical marijuana is legal or marijuana is legal, you have a lot less, you know, problems and things going on.
0: Yeah, I mean cuz a lot of, you know, again, I don't know all the details and I don't claim to to have all the information, but it seems that you know, a lot of times people are just looking for a little bit of pain relief. And it's something that, you know, if cannabis was available, legal, either recreationally or medically, people could start at, start at that level. You know, it's almost like you went to aspirin, you went to, you know, ibuprofen. I need something a little bit stronger. And when people, like you said, when they do get into the opiates, you know, you get into, you know, Oxycontin or whatever, you get these prescriptions. And you, like you said, it's so easy to get addicted – We're seeing some stat, isn't it like 80% of people who've been on it have become addicted? I mean, it's something completely insane.
1: Well, it depends how long you're on it. And like, so I broke three ribs this summer, right? They gave me, um, they didn't give me Oxy. Oxycontin is like the taboo. Like, you gotta, like, number one, you gotta probably be affluent. You probably have to have like some serious shit happen. And then they only give you like a week's supply Mm -hmm. to re up. After a week, like you're like bedridden, and you still have to re up it's kind of like the morphine drip. think about a morphine drip you have a little like huh. a little plunger that you you press for it, and it only doses as much as they're willing to dose you out for you know for the for for the night right so you can press it as many times as you want it's it's if it's done with the dose you're done yeah uh that's how that's how addictive it is i mean people. It, it makes you feel um, a little bit euphoric. Mm-hmm. So here you are in fucking pain, like really hard pain. And then you start feeling a little bit euphoric. This is where people, that's where things jump off the track. I mean, you get this feeling of like fucking incredibleness and then it's killing the pain, you know? So that's what what, what gets people hooked. And then they're just like, well, I want that little bit of uh, high or like, mellowness that it gives me without having to be in pain and then that's the you're just hooked but there's something in there behind the scenes that's just like you're addictive you know what i mean you're addicted to it yeah and that's you know with injuries nowadays and you know athletes and stuff like that it's very easy for you know pro athletes i could understand are probably riding the line every day between addiction and non-addiction. Mm-hmm. It's fucked up. Yeah, but that's that's a life to live. And
0: a lot of people too, they don't they don't want to be in pain. They're like, just give yeah. me a pill, give me something, you yep. know. And again, that can start that that dangerous slippery slope where you start taking it, you get addicted, and then you know your prescription runs out. What do you do? You're like, uh you try heroin, right? And you get stuck on that, and that's that's what's leading to so many people being addicted and, and dying of, overdosing of heroin.
1: And there's a lot of doctors that are, well, so here's the thing. So uh, when you're on pills and, and you're on opioids, it's expensive. It's hard to get. So um, I actually was talking to one of our police friends not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, in the not so distant area, there's there's a big epidemic of heroin. And one of the reasons it's around is because people get addicted to opioids and then they move from opioids, which are hard to get and expensive, to heroin because it's cheap. Keep and
0: available, yeah. And available. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's, it gives you a great high. So they're like, so then they go into heroin. So now you have an, a heroin epidemic. So you go from this pharmaceutical epidemic to a heroin epidemic and you're like, what the fuck do we do? Mm-hmm. So that's why um, there are actually doctors that are trying to get people to go from opioids to marijuana because it's not addictive. Uh, it's mellowing and it's it's it you know relieves pain even if it's non so everybody has this idea that because it's marijuana it's t h c you know based you're mm-hmm. gonna get high you're gonna get all crazy that's not the case i mean there's a lot of properties to it that doctors want without the t h c so you know if you get high from it that's one thing, but it doesn't mean you have to you know
0: yeah. Yeah, you can get ones that are more like you know the Charlotte's Web, the CBD based that you know CBD they, don't the they sell in Jersey here. Yeah, they don't have the THC, and you, you're going to get the benefits, but you're not going to get the uh, yeah. the psychoactive effects that the THC provides. Yeah, yeah. So another story from the good folks in Canada: the University of British Columbia researchers are discovering marijuana flavor genes and aim to create standards for taste. Nice. So since they're looking to legalize it in Canada, they are they're kind of creating product standards similar to the wine industry. So they want to figure out, like, what are the flavors that people like and how can we, you know, sell them and, you know, create categories based on flavors, not just like, oh, I want a sativa or I want an indica. They want to, you know, break the flavors down to the, you know, regular, you know, flavor components outside. So I talk- think that's
1: already happening, right?
0: To a degree, but they're taking it to the next level up there. That's cool. So they're saying that uh, there's 30 genes they found produce me- molecular, compounds, molecular ugh, compounds called terrapins that create specific flavors such as lemon or pine. Terrapins can also be found in other plants and essential oils. So not all 30 genes are active in every cannabis plant, resulting in variations. And they're saying that, they want to liken the genes to musicians in an orchestra. So think of all the marvelous music you can create and all the variations you can create with 30 individual musicians that you can individually call up or play all together. So that's that's kind of the you know the analogy they're using. I like that. Having different flavors available in different, you know, strains to get the exact flavor compound that you
1: want. So here's one of the things, um, I read a book, I forgot if it was, um I forgot which one, I think it was Proof, and they were talking about, you know how uh, when you taste wine, they have like a flavor wheel? Yeah. And they have like all these flavors that are common terms that people know, and you can try to narrow like wines into like a certain flavor profile. Well, that was developed and by a person that basically came up with a standard that everybody accepted. So there's really no standard unless everybody accepts it. So I could understand them now wanting to say like because it's going to be a recreational and like like something done by novices, it's great to have this idea that let's create a flavor profile and define what the flavor profile should be, you know, if you think about it. Yeah. But that whole uh that whole like wine flavor wheel, when they talk about it, um if you read read up on it, there were like multiple versions, like different flavor wheels that were like in contention, and then somebody like adopted one versus another. It it's kind of Oh, cool. really? Yeah, huh, So there's somebody like saying, "My flavor wheel is the best, you know, of course, but yeah, yeah. all right, so next we have addiction specialists ponder a potential aid to their uh, therapy, and it's POP. So, there is this, uh, out of Los Angeles, there is um, this rehab center, and it's called High Sobriety, and what they're they're looking at is, you know, how do they counteract some of the addictions they have? And one of the big addictions that they're dealing with is... um, Well, they're dealing with a bunch of addictions, so. But what they're trying to do is look at is marijuana a substitute for the potentially dangerous drugs that they're trying to get wean people off, and they're finding out that it actually is pretty, pretty good for dealing with that. Um, so they're saying instead of taking opiates, they're saying you know they're actually working with marijuana uh, with their with their patients to try to get them off of that, and they're saying it's pretty effective. Um, I think it's pretty interesting to see, I guess it depends on like how what level of uh what level of uh you know addiction that somebody's at but um yeah they're saying it's uh it's it's pretty good especially with the fact they're going with the with the flow of if it 's illegal in one of the marijuana states then it's easier to do like the therapies in those states mm-hmm. but they're actually it's kind of almost research but like you know, ground up research that they're doing and seeing if it works on, you know, to help uh, counteract some of the other addictions.
0: Yeah, it's amazing stuff they're actually doing there, Uh, talking about just some of the, you know, some of the the studies they've they've researched and how they've gone through the process. And it's, you know, they, they have all these results. You know, I mean, only so many states can test in it now based on the legality of it. But you see so many positive results and, you know, you really, I don't know, it just makes me wonder why, why are we keeping it illegal? You know, is it the momentum of, well, it's illegal, we should just keep it that way? Is it the pharmaceutical industries? Is it just the lack of knowledge? It, you know, the more you read about it and the more evidence, it just seems so almost Stone Age-like. to to keep it illegal, you know, because it is. At the end of the day, it is just a plant. Why is this illegal? And sage and cilantro, you know, and mint, they're all legal.
1: Well, what pisses me off about it is, so you have pharmaceutical drugs that are created from nature, right? So they distill something down, they concentrate something up, whatever they do, but they're taking something from nature and then they're modifying it from there on. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you ever want to consider doing something to marijuana, like to the cannabis plant. Mm-hmm. Like, really, you're just going to say, we're going to ignore this whole plant that's like a grown plant on earth. We're just going to ignore it, and we're not going to do any pharmaceutical research on it. Like, yeah. Really? Like, And there's
0: evidence through, all throughout history that other cultures have used it in medicinal fashions. And now, all of a sudden, you know, now in this modern era, we have so much information, so much access to knowledge. Now we're in the time we can use it the most. Yeah, we have the most stressed out, in pain people, and now we're not going to use it. it we just, have
1: the, so much, so much of the advanced technology and techniques to analyze stuff. Why wouldn't we want to?
0: I think it's cu- culture and religion <clears throat> has just that has just put this massive roadblock in place to prevent people from looking at the facts and looking at the evidence and just carrying on based on the momentum of the past. You know, well, we banned it in nineteen thirty seven. We're just gonna keep it illegal because those people were smarter
1: than us, apparently. Well here's the mess up thing. So we did an article uh we talked about an article a few uh months ago and it was talking about microdosing of um LSD. LSD, hallucinogenics. Mm-hmm. And so microdosing means you're gonna dose so under somebody having a real effect of, of you know, what people think of your high. Mm-hmm. So now here you are, you're microdosing. It's almost like you're taking a vitamin in the morning with a little bit of extra stuff in there that doesn't do anything to your personality or psychoactively. But you know what, Matt, now maybe it opens up your creativity. Maybe it does. I take uh, this thing called Alpha Brain from mm-hmm. On it, I tell you what. And it helps. It's a nootropic helps your, your brain function, helps my—it's it's the same thing as focus factor or anything like that. It's a sle- that type of thing, mm-hmm. but it's something that, like, helps with your, your body just— It optimizes up. your brain, pretty much. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you look at everything that optimizes—so we're not talking about, like, levels that would make you high, but— Why would you want to think about levels that make you high? Why wouldn't you think about just levels that help you out? I think a lot of it, you know, like we've mentioned,
0: because of its status being federally illegal, all these big pharmaceutical companies are afraid of lawsuits. They're afraid of lawsuits being sued, their stock price going down, and that keeps them on the sidelines, you know, not even wanting to participate or even try to. Yeah, Because it all comes down to money at the end of it all, you know? Is how much is this going to increase our profits? Is the risk versus you know worth the re- you know the reward? And in most cases, they probably like, ah now we'll find something else.
1: Well, think about the vitamin industry, right? So they're not regulated by FDA. Mm-hmm. So they, I can come out and sell you vitamins that are going to kill your body, mm-hmm. shit ton of vitamins. You take those vitamins, you die.
0: Well, that's like the whole like oh, did like stacker two and hydroxy cut exactly. and all that stuff. Yeah,
1: they're not federally regulated, so. Mm-hmm. What what recourse is there? Lose
0: 30 pounds in four days.
1: So if the government wants to do something, maybe they should regulate everything or look into everything. Like, why are we not looking into everything? Mm-hmm. So have we stopped? Have we said, okay, we're going to stop looking at every fucking drug out there, every supplement, and just whatever we have there, that's what we're going to regulate. Everything else, eh, you're on your own. Well, I think the problem is once you get to that high of
0: a level of government – when you're in a position to make a real difference, you have bought and sold your soul so many times to so many different companies and so many industries where I'm sure, you know, if you're, say, the Attorney General of the United States right now, you know, you've you've already made your, your bed. I mean, your, the bed you've made is with the pharmaceutical companies, the policemen's unions, the um, – the prison guard unions, and they all have your back, so anything that would put them in jeopardy they're going to take their funding away from you they're not going to support your campaigns or you know they'll ha- they have they have dirt on you or they have ways to keep you from from getting to the next level
1: yeah, I mean, I can understand the regulatory people just being like, this is the regulations we're upholding it, but like why aren't we as a society as Elon Musk is doing, as Richard Branson is doing, as these people that are pushing everybody to go to the next level. Like, why Why are we content with being how we are today?
0: Well, I think those, those examples you just talked about, Elon Musk, Richard Branson, I don't think they care about money anymore. Right. They've gotten to a point where they just don't care. While a lot of these lower-level cronies, they still care so much about money and get into the next level. But
1: that's the problem. Government is caring about money. Yeah. Government should care about ruling what is right for the people. Money or not, We'll figure it out. Of course, they have to do a budget. They have to do all sorts of stuff to make— Think about the budget. Why is the budget such a big concern? Budget is just to make the government run. Mm-hmm. Why are we so concerned about the government running versus us succeeding as a society, as a, as a country even, right? Because
0: you're assuming the kind of person who wants to get to that high of a level of government cares about the greater good more than the ego required to get to that level that is about filling their pockets and having— more than the next guy.
1: What kills me is Having every, more than the rival. But what kills me is every time they balance a budget, they just balance it. Mm-hmm. So why is it not balance over budget or balance under budget? If it's balance over budget, of course, every, oh, you guys aren't running the budget right. Well, why aren't you running the budget right? You're you're gaining a surplus in the country. So is that why is that bad? You know, everybody looks at everything in the world with a fucking. Glass half full eye, mm-hmm. and I, I think it's bullshit. you know People got to look back at, at themselves. You talked about it last week. you're out on the ski area, you're by yourself, but you know what? You're fortunate enough to be where you are today. We're all fortunate enough to be where we are today.
0: We're in America in 2017.
1: If you're listening to the podcast, chances are you're better off than a lot of people. Regardless of of your situation, you're better off than a lot of people that you probably know or have seen or are in your neighborhood. So, you know what? Feel good. Embrace that and and go on and make things better for everybody else. Like, why why is that such a hard concept?
0: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. We're not going to solve the problem today. But we're at least providing... I was close to solving it just we now. We were close. Yeah, we we're we, really close.
1: We've got these stories.
0: You guys can check them out. But then I had to get another research. drink,
1: and I was like, fuck, I can't solve it now.
0: Yeah. But we'll post all these links to these stories in the show notes, and you guys, if you want to hit us up, podcast at gmail.com with ideas, solutions. Hit us up on our social media, um, and we'll see if we can figure this out together. So now let's go into the ski news.
1: So ski... Ooh, ski News. You're throwing me for a loop. I was like. I had everything shut down. Now it's time for the Ski. Ah, oh, look at that. That's what we get with the new oh, setup. So now we got Ski News. So Ski News, what are we jumping into? So first story today. There is a new...
0: Uh, there was approval for a new four-season resort up in Canada. Dude, that looks fucking awesome. It looks pretty awesome. They have pictures
1: um, and everything. I was like, God damn.
0: So local politicians of, and the Simp, I don't, I'm not even trying to pronounce that, S-I-M-P-C-W, First Nation Leaders.
1: I saw it. I have no idea how you'd pronounce it.
0: Yeah, I guess it's, you know, it's a Native Native Canadians, which First Nation, because it's, it's What we used to call Indians are in America called Native Americans, but since this is Canada, they're called First Nation. That's right. So politicians, First Nation leaders, and Vailmount Glacial Destinations Representative Gazzard at the Best Western in Vailmount, British Columbia, to announce their master plans um, recently approved by the provincial government. So what they have created is a new ski area located in close proximity to numerous glaciers, providing a year-round alpine experience for its guests. Dude, it
1: looks fucking great.
0: The approval process began back in 2012, and the master plan agreement was composed using the input from the province of British Columbia and First Nation leaders. So this is a... It's a jumbo resort, and... They're talking about having year-round ski access in Canada.
1: What's crazy is saying Jumbo Resort, they're showing peaks that are just fucking massive with a shit ton of snow, mm-hmm. and, like, it looks freaking awesome.
0: Yeah, the entire process is projected to take between 15 to 20 years, but resort officials are hoping they can open the slope to the public by Christmas of 2018. So... A little less than two years.
1: To TGR motherfuckers that are jump off of that, yeah, <laughs> That's right. It's going to happen.
0: The annual snowfall is over 550 inches. God damn. Vertical drop 6,857 feet. Base elevation 4,265
1: feet. They so, show these these peaks just powder on them. It's
0: crazy. Say the vertical would be the third largest vertical in the world. Crazy man. Yeah, it's some ridiculous. It looks very just raw and rugged now. I'm sure they'll, you know, they would do a lot of modifications and smoothing out, and you know, adjusting to get things a little bit more.
1: it's pretty funny, they resorty, have- I guess you'd say. So they have their their lift, um, their lift plan. Mm-hmm. If you saw that, it's pretty wild. They're like, so phase one, they're going to have like. Three lifts, or four lifts. Just basically plop some lifts. You go from peak to peak, ski the shit out of stuff. It's going to be fucking awesome.
0: Yeah. So it's the Valemount Glacier Destination. That's the name of it. And uh, I'm trying to look on the map exactly where it is, but I can't find it. It's but it is in British Columbia. BC. And, yeah, they're looking to open it up for year-round skiing.
1: You know that's only going to be till they can connect it to Revelstoke or Whistler.
0: Is it close (laughs) enough to either of those? No, I have no
1: idea. Just saying, I'm watching out for it because it's all part of the Epic
0: Pass. (laughs) Yeah, who knows what this pass will be? Will be part of, but uh, we'll have the link posted on the show notes so you can check it out.
1: Yeah, place looks pretty cool.
0: Pretty insane.
1: All right, so ne- next up, we have uh, Powder Magazine did um, an interview with a veteran snowmaker on the future of skiing. So um, this this dude, they they were talking about him, and he's actually he actually mentioned Mountain Creek. Um, said when Interwest brought Mountain Creek Urban Ski Area in New Jersey, um, they called this guy up to run the place and help solve their snowmaking woes. So he's like a magician of like trying to figure out like how they can maximize and and, like get as much snow on the mountain as possible. Um, So it's pretty cool how he talks about like all these different resorts and they're asking him him, like his predictions like what's going to be in the future for snowmaking and resorts because it's important especially when we're seeing climate change, when we're seeing like, you know, people like, you know, Um, resorts, get more into snowmaking. Um, So he's saying, you know, he's going back where he's like, you know, the original snowmaking machines look like machine guns, (laughs) Um, not efficient, Um, and there's no alternative. There's no green logic. Like, it was just like cavemen, like, just shooting snow out on the mountain. Uh, And he's saying in the last, like, 10 or 15 years, like – people, you know, resorts have been converting to more efficient snow guns. Uh, So he's saying, you know, just in terms of like wattage, uh, for example, like in early days, uh, a resort might have guns that that use about 95 kilowatts of energy, right? Today, they use only about 4.5. That's how like much of a reduction in like the savings. So it's pretty cool to see when, when you go to a resort and they've, Upgraded their snowmaking. You can see, like, the difference it makes. Um, but you know, behind the scenes, they're saving a lot of money, which is kind of cool for everybody. Saving money means they're using less electricity. means better for the environment. Um, but they're saying, you know, biggest change in, in snowmaking, uh, they're saying everybody's embracing automation. So I guess a lot of the automation is, um, I don't know, That that's a big deal right now.
0: Well, they're saying that one of the, the problems is that, you know, they have trouble finding people to fill these large manual snowmaking crews. Because think about it. you got to work at night when it's really cold. <laughs> it's miserable. You may have to work on top of a fucking tram. You may have to be that guy on top of the tram at Jay Peak. Yeah, Dude, that was horrible. Yeah, because they say snowmaking is most productive when it's coldest. So that means it's cold and it's at night. And they said since there's less people to fill these crews, that means each crew member has more guns to attend and more terrain to cover. So it's, uh, it's a huge responsibility.
1: It's like the uh, Terminator on the mountain. Make it yeah. snow.
0: Yeah. He, he did have one really kind of terrifying, scary prediction. He's talking about um, Sunday River, Maine. And he said, They asked him what is it going to look like in 2025. He said, without snowmaking, the ski area likely won't be able to be open for more than 40 or 50 days of skiing. Wow. And that's a little terrifying.
1: One of the things he said I really liked, because I never actually thought about it in terms that he put it, he said, snowmaking doesn't actually consume water. It takes water from a river or pond and turns it into snow. So you have the river base around, or the lake base, and you're just making it snow it's going to melt right back into where it came from.
0: Yeah, in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's kind of cool. Like, I, you know, I just thought, like, oh, they're pumping water in. No, they're not. Um, Machine-made uh, machine snow is 10 times denser than natural snow, so it melts 10 times slower. That's kind of cool, you know?
0: Yeah, I never realized that, but that's a pretty interesting fact.
1: Yeah. And then they asked him the question, could we ever make powder snow from a machine? So he said, not in my imagination, it would take some kind of technology breakthrough. Now we've heard from several people that say the indoor snow make, uh, the indoor ski resorts can actually make any kind of snow that you need. Hmm. So I guess it depends on the climate, right? Can you control the humidity in the place? Can you control the, you know, you can control the machine, but like, I guess the other problem is the humidity in the place and the 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 dryness and the coldness and stuff like that. So I guess it remains to be seen.
0: Yeah, we will find out. So hopefully it won't be as necessary in the future, but based on the way things are going, it may be. So next story up, this broke last week. So Ammer Sports, I believe that's the way it's pronounced, A-M-R, they have purchased the iconic U.S. ski brand Armada. For what seems like a very low amount, four
1: point one million dollars, dude. We could have raised that in like
0: on a Kickstarter in like a week.
1: Everybody on this on this podcast, we could have owned it. It could have been company owned. We yeah, right.
0: Owned we could have bought Armada. Damn it. So um, Amherst Sports also owns Solomon Atomic and Arcteric. That's pretty wild. Yeah. So Amherst Sports acquires Armada, the iconic ski brand, with annual net sales of approximately ten million dollars. The acquisition includes the Armada brand, Armada-based products, as well as intellectual property and distribution rights.
1: Intellectual property. IP. IP. Boom. The
0: transaction value is approximately four point one million dollars, of which two point five will be settled with cash money. Armada will be integrated into Amherst Sports' winter sports equipment business unit. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's uh, it, we'll see what happens with that. Um, who knows how that's going to change
1: Armada's products. Um, but yeah, more to come. So Arc'teric, Atomic, Salmon, they keep all those brands separate. Like there are separate Mm -hmm. Salmon stores, Arc'teric stores, which is wild. Like you never think they're together. And then even on vacation in in Vail, I was like, I went to the Salmon store, went to the Arc'teric store I went to like, it was pretty, pretty wild.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, Ben and Jerry's is owned by Unilever. Unilever also makes like toilet products and soap, you know, chewing gum, soap, air laundry f-
1: detergent, everything,
0: air fresheners, probably Febreze, all that stuff. Yeah, right.
1: Probably twenty percent, probably fifty percent of the things you around your house. It's crazy. Yeah, right. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. Ketchup, right? Did I have ketchup,
0: frozen concentrated orange juice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, and last but not least, we have big executive order this weekend or this week. Uh, Trump's biggest action against climate change yet. Mm. So there's a petition out there. There's a bunch of petitions. I'm sure there's people protesting. There's people always protesting. Um, There's people protesting the protesting, which is pretty fucked up now. Um, But so they're saying, you know, and I understand this, that there's a lot of shit that like went down in this. And actually Brian and I had a conversation before about this. And, um, it's funny. There's there's a lot of stuff that's been buried in laws. And now that that stuff is being repealed, people are, are outraged about it. But, like, the fact that some of this stuff was buried or not buried in laws already was – it's kind of – I don't know. It's kind of – was missed by a lot of people. But anyway, so uh, clean power print. So uh, Trump is directing EPA to revisit the plan to get rid of uh, – to get rid of it by showing uh, that it kills too many coal jobs. Um, yep. uh, social cost of carbon, so they're talking about that. Uh, climate guidance under national uh, EPA, so agencies have to consider the impacts of climate change when doing environmental assessments for their projects, but Trump doesn't want them to. Uh, Co leasing on federal lands. So they're talking about, like, you know, being able to lease. Uh, and it's not the leasing of federal lands. It's where they're leasing, because I guess they're talking about going into, like, preserves and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I guess that's the big deal. Uh, fracking. So fracking, you always hear the good part and the bad part of fracking. Uh, usually bad, because it's, like, a lot of chemicals. Destroying
0: water supplies
1: and yeah, exactly. ruining land. Mm-hmm. Uh, methane. Both BLM, which is BLM, I don't know what BLM is, some other agency, and EPA have rules limiting the methane emissions from oil and gas production. So they're saying they want these evaluate, re-evaluated and either relaxed or removed. And then... Uh, repealing multiple, multiple Obama-era climate rules. So, yeah, I mean... I think these need to be looked at. Um, I don't think everybody needs to be shock factor and go crazy right now. I think we need to look at each one.
0: Yeah, I think it's just crazy how you know the, you put all these rules in place to kind of clean things up over time, and you know, set goalposts like, oh, we're going to clean this up by twenty, twenty-five, and twenty-thirty, and then just to come in and just remove them just seems extremely <clears throat> foolish. Yeah, and a bit arrogant. You know, thinking that you have all the answers to energy, based on you know information you probably stopped reading about in 1974. You know, we have to become energy efficient. We have to be. You know, dep- we were pretty much the U.S. was almost energy independent at you know as of last year. Yeah. Um, and then you you know you talk about Elon Musk and some of his plans for for solar energy, the solar you know solar roofs. Um, he was showing like if you took. I think it was a couple of thousand acres in, you know, New Mexico or Arizona. You could create enough energy for the entire U.S. And to go back to these archaic methods like coal, which we've proven to be inefficient. And there's there's stories about the coal industry even saying we can't be profitable. And Trump's still trying to push this whole coal coal mining job um, You know, we're doing this to get jobs back for coal miners. Number one, who the fuck wants to be a coal miner? Because at this point, it's not like, oh, we can just go down two feet and get some coal out. They're digging. You're going miles into the earth. Yeah. To go. Who wants those jobs? Those jobs suck. How about getting some real jobs, some good jobs? Become a solar installer. I'm sure it's a way better job and probably makes way more money and is way more efficient.
1: Yeah, I guess I kind of, I don't know. I'm back and forth on the whole idea of meeting the EPA uh, requirements that were set forth before because while – and I've gotten into arguments with people from Europe about this where their attitude is America should lead the way while everybody else scoots the law and does whatever the fuck they want so China and India can pollute the hell out of the world. But America should be cleaner than everybody else, mm-hmm. just to set a precedence. We get all of our products from China. Why shouldn't we demand that China follow our rules just like we do? But that's not being put in place. Mm-hmm. That wasn't part of the agreement. So I can understand that backlash of it, but I don't necessarily agree with the way it's being done. You know what I mean? I don't think it should have necessarily been agreed to in the first place without that contingency. Mm-hmm. But repealing the laws now isn't probably the best way to proceed with you know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a different way to handle stuff, but I don't think things were done the right way in the first place. Mm-hmm. So while everybody said, Oh great, we've signed these agreements to be, you know, energy independent and and you know, adhere to these OSHA rules and these EPA rules and everything like that, well, where the fuck was everybody else? Like, they weren't at the table. So while we signed it, that's great that we're leading, but where where's everybody else pulling their own weight? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's the part that I'm kind of like, I don't know. I kind of think that everybody else should help out too.
0: Yeah. I just don't get this whole, like, all this, this coal nonsense. Like, I don't understand why they're thinking this is a good way to go. When the coal industry themselves is saying, we are dying, we are not the way to go. It just, I, I don't know. It just seems foolish.
1: Yeah. I don't know. There's something getting played around because there's like, there for a while, it was all natural gas, right? Mm-hmm. Natural gas getting pulled out. Russia had these big swell of natural gas. Remember Canada? Their dollar went up. Natural gas, like, and all of a sudden, it just plummeted. Yeah. And now we're talking about fracking again, which fracking the thing kills the environment. And then you hear OPEC have another meeting about, like, raising oil prices. So it's like, I think everybody's play, fucking around with us. That's mm-hmm. what I think. Just get a Tesla.
0: Get a solar roof.
1: I don't think there's any danger to anybody in terms of how much resources we have. Mm-hmm. Well, which I'm going to get blasted up probably on social media for. But I think more so, everybody's the big players are just fucking around with everybody. Mm, fucking is. around with each other and fucking around with us.
0: It is entirely possible. Um, I just watched a really cool documentary this past weekend called Sustainable, and it was on Netflix. And it talked about America and the food crisis and all just, you know, the the crap that is factory farming. and
1: Food crisis is going to be the bigger thing that we have to worry about than fucking oil, natural gas, fracking.
0: Well, it all plays in—it's all a bit hand-in-hand, hand too, you know, because, again, it's the way the government sets standards and, you know, the
1: way it subsidizes corn and soybeans. Goes beyond governments. Monsanto, man. Pff, huh, yeah. Dude, well, you have to get the seed next year. You can't even plant your your seed the next year. Gross, and any yeah. farmer knows like you the benefit of like seeding farming your own fucking stuff is you have seed the next year. It's crazy. Man,
0: well, they you know they talked about that in the the show, they talked, you know, the documentary, you know, they uh they go into the topic about how all these these giant factory farms, you know, they're the ones creating they're doing the rotation of the soybeans and the corn and They don't have – the soil isn't nearly as rich and nutrient-filled as it used to be because of that and how using – you have these small farms are now creating – every year they're growing something different and it's creating healthier soil and much better crops. And one thing they they mentioned and they showed in this, um, there's this other organization and I forget the name of it, but the head of it is actually an Amish farmer. Nice. And he actually came up with this this way of um, looking at nutrient deficiencies in the soil. And, you know, say it you have calcium and potassium in the soil and you have a potassium deficit. You can't just put more potassium down in the soil and make it and even it out. Right. He's like, you have to know what is the, you know, what's going to mix with the soil to create more potassium. So he's actually done the chemistry and, you know, shown, oh, maybe you have to put manganese in there. And the manganese will create more potassium and also pull more carbon out of the air and help these plants grow. Nice. So they're saying we can actually get rid of a lot of the carbon in the air using – or carbon dioxide in the air using these you know, these chemical these, – these formulas, hmm. which was really, really fascinating. And it's cool. It's so funny, too. Like, they, they showed him. And, you know, he is – he lives in Ohio. He's Amish. And they couldn't show his face from the front because his church. That's right. Says it's illegal. owe you,
1: your mechanical devices, get out of here!
0: Yeah, they, they had to. Um, they had to show a kind of like a side back view of him walking around. That's and funny. And they played his voiceover when they showed him farming. Yeah, That's fascinating awesome. stuff. But
1: you know what's messed up? Like if anybody hasn't, I mean, I've driven cross country. Like I've driven from here out to Colorado and back and I've driven, I've driven i've driven through a lot of the country and when you start going through you see these big swaths of land that are just freaking farms and you don't realize like how much uh going to Vail I had a window seat which i never usually have a window seat i hate the window it feel a little cramped up but anyway i was looking out and i'm looking down while we we're flying in Colorado we we're flying in Denver and i'm looking at these giant swaths of land, they're just farms, all farms. You're talking about miles and miles of just farms. So when people say, like, oh, you know, what's the big deal? They're just farming. Like, if they're farming, like, in big farms, like agro-farming, like, it makes a big deal because you're talking about covering that much of the United States in these chemicals.
0: Yeah, It's fucked up. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's where I mean think about where's the food coming from, you know? It's gotta come from somewhere.
1: And we're not we're not getting smaller as a society. We're growing. Nope. Growing like crazy.
0: Both in terms of numbers and size of our bellies.
1: That's right.
0: We're getting fat.
1: We're the fattest.
0: That's say. right. P H A T. That's right. All right. So now on to our main topic.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> There it is. So what are we talking about today, Along Brian? This to is the
0: main topic. I want to hear about your trip to Vail and all your tripping you were doing.
1: Uh all the tripping. Uh we did some tripping. So you were tripping apparently. All right. So Vail was uh Vail was pretty good, but I tell you what, it was springtime conditions. Mm. About forty six one day it got up to sixty mm. uh during the day, uh hard freeze at night. So it would be like thirty They would forecast like 36 on the mountain, probably like 32, 30 degrees. It was pretty hard frozen. So first day we get there, hey, we're out there. We're ready. Get some good sleep. Try to drink a lot of water. Um, Altitude killing us the whole time we were there. (laughs) Altitude killed me, dude. So we get out there, 830 in the morning, first lift, first chair. First grapes. First grapes. Get (laughs) up there it 's like we 're on the we 're on the east coast we 're just scraping away, yes. and it was pretty bad, but uh tried to two bumps right in the morning, of course, mm. when it 's nice and firm fun um not good, and basically threw ourselves down the mountain from about eight thirty till about twelve uh twelve o'clock things started softening up we're like oh,' do some little groom runs, uh, do a little bowl action, dabble into the bowls. Uh, and then about 2 o'clock, a little bit of magic happened. The bumps were all slush, slush bumps, pounded bumps. Mm-hmm. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Nice. Um, so we had, good. Uh, we had a good time, and i tell you what, we did that for the first uh, four out of five days that we skied, the last day we skied. Um, about six inches of snow that night, all back balls. It was great. Trees, bumps. Back uh, it was it was a lot of fun. It was great. Nice. Uh Town of Ale, it's not a really town, it's it's gigantic. So I thought like it was gonna be like a little telluride ish or a little I don't know, a little smallish. It was gigantic. But it was all very well manicured. It it's definitely a town that is planned. Everything's planned out. Um nice place to operate ski nice place to hang out at night. So, we had a lot of fun. Went with a big group of about 45 people. So, um, I got to say we had we had some pretty fun times. Brian, you saw the uh you saw some of the video and mm-hmm. some of the pictures. Uh good times. Went with a good crew.
0: Yeah, so um so what would you say uh favorite run on the mountain? Do you did you have I mean, again, the time, it was a little bit tricky with some of the, the conditions, but did you have, like, an area or a particular run that you would say was your favorite or highlight?
1: So an area uh, area, I would say would be the back bowls. Um, the – of course, we didn't get to do the um, – uh, which was the last bowl? The – Sundown? No, Sundown Bowl we did. Sundown Bowl was actually pretty good every day. Um Oh, I gotta pull up the uh, the map now. The um, Mongolia bowl didn't get to there. They actually had it closed off the last day, so I was pretty pissed off. But um, did Blue Sky Basin? Blue Sky was uh, that was pretty good. Uh, didn't like the terrain too much. It was a little weird terrain, you mm-hmm. know, like nothing that you're normally used to. wasn't bowl like, wasn't like run like. It was just kind of like Bowl and runs it was kind of weird um uh, it was good it was it was fun uh and the and the snow was pretty good but um I said front side of the mountain was good, but the main parts were crowded when we were there, so of course, you know we're doing that on the way out um and then you know with the with the warm weather, it was like a lot of slush okay um which i don't I don't do like. I'm not a big fan of the uh not a big fan of the slush and the um you know uh mashed potatoes. Hate mm. it. Absolutely hate it.
0: And I'm with you there.
1: Rather go inside and just like just stay in. But uh no, Blue Sky Basin was good. We did that a few days. Back bowls, Sun Bowl, um and the middle bowls, uh Mongolian Bowls closed. Oh not Mongolia bowl. What's the what's the last bowl on there? Do you have the map? Siberia bowl. That was all closed. Okay. Which is a shame because that's the hardest to get to, because you gotta like migrate your way over if mm-hmm. you're starting from the front side. Um and it's kinda cool. Like so you could flip over if you look at the back bowls on all the way on the left side on the map. So from the left to the middle, you could flip over from the front side. But then after that, you got to kind of migrate your way over. And that's why Siberia bowls like, you know, Mongolia, Siberia is pretty hard to get to because it's like all in the middle of nowhere. Mm. So the powder day, we were trying to get over there and like they had it closed off we're like, fuck. So we were pretty pissed off. Mm. Almost jumped the rope. But we're like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. It was probably safe to, but, um, but we did China Bowl. China Bowl was good. Uh. China Bowl and Sun Bowl, pretty good. Um Sundown Bowl. And then we did the um Game Creek Bowl. Game Creek Bowl is on the front side just before you flip over the Sun Bowl and the China Bowl. Problem with that is it was a sheet of ice mm. when we decided to do it. So we saw some people scraping up in the morning. We're like, oh, let's just, you know, we'll just jump right in there. It looks pretty good. Good terrain. Uh, but we we're trying to judge the snow and we're going up on the left like, oh yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So we jump in there. It was, you could have ice skated across the entire place. Yes. It <laughs> there was a dude that I think I have a video of him. He, uh, lost a ski and it went probably like a hundred feet away, 200 feet away. I didn't realize that. I thought he was walking down the mountain. So I'm laughing and I'm looking at him like, holy shit, he's going for his ski. Oof. After watching him for about five ten minutes, I was like, "That's pretty pretty messed up." So, yeah, so we we did that and we fought it out. Uh, went to the best dispensary brewery taco truck setup ever mm. on the planet. Is there are
0: three things that should be together more often.
1: So we put on the Instagram. If anybody looks back at the Instagram from when when like two weeks ago, um, you have <clears throat> Vale Brewing Company, their brewery. Like, big brewery right there. Pretty chill, lousy dogs, like, people sitting there with their dogs, like, just freaking hanging out. Right in the middle, right next to them, a taco truck is parked. And I tell you what, these tacos were fucking awesome. <laughs> Rocky Mountain Taco Company. Um, mm, God damn, my mouth is burning already. <laughs> and right next to them, so now you have Vail Brewing Company, taco truck, and what do you have next to it? dispensary nice um so that was a that was a lot of fun so
0: Vale brewing company what were the uh was there any highlight brews that you had from them
1: they had two ipas that i liked um the one ipa i'm trying to think which one it was um There was one that was like fresh hopped, which was okay, but their other one was excellent. Let me see. I'm looking up now. It was... Come on, Vale Brewing Company. Yeah. I right. know, but it was cool. We just hung out there for a while. Harry got a hat. Was it the Smat Juice IPA? Uh, Smat Juice IPA was really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had another one. Gore Creek two. IPA? That one I didn't like so much. A lot of people liked it but i was not a big fan i think there's collaboration did you try the mountain buzz coffee ipa i did not that looked pretty good though with the
0: face shot white ipa
1: nope Uh do not like the white ipas
0: tourist trap double ipa nope the awol belgian red ipa
1: uh, i did try that not a big fan no I'm an IPA purist.
0: That's all I'm seeing on their uh, website here.
1: Yeah, they had a few other ones. Um, they had, um, I forgot, uh, Rem got like a porter or something like that. So like we got a bunch of other things, but um, yeah, it was good. We hung out there for a little while, went visit dispensary, went there, had some tacos.
0: So dispensary. Okay, so was that the only dispensary you
1: visited while you were out there? That was the only one. Visited there twice. Okay. Uh, not just for me. Just took other people as tourists. I'm like, mm-hmm. you want to go in? I'll see you in a little bit. I'm going to Vail Brewing Company and getting tacos. Hmm. Um, so one of the so people. How was
0: their sele- so? How was the the setup there versus what we saw up in
1: Seattle? So Seattle, I would put so from previous selections. Um, I guess Telluride would be the previous selection, right? Mm-hmm. Telluride is pretty good. I'd put Telluride at about an eight. I would put Seattle. (laughs) The second place we went, the first place we went to, at about an eight as well. The second place we went to, right next to Evo, you're gonna eleven. That was a fucking eleven. Yeah, I tell you that. That was have a heart. Yeah, over the goddamn. That was like you have a hundred choices of like how you want to do your read. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. Yeah. Um. So the problem with it is every time I look at a place now, that's the bar. That's the bar. Mm -hmm. I'm like. So this was like a ghetto 5. Really? Yeah, I was I was disappointed. Hmm. I wasn't totally disappointed, but I was kind of like, "All this right, this is it? <laughs> I guess it's not Seattle." That's yeah. what I said, you know. Yeah. Seattle uh, takes to the next level. Holy shit, it was they had a lot. Well, Seattle just had a lot of different selections. The people were very knowledgeable and they had a lot of different formats for whatever you wanted. Mhm. This, was, like, they
0: have yeah, the, the buds, they have the dabs, they have the edibles, they have the mints, they exactly. have the sprays. Yeah. And
1: they had pre rolls in, like, oh, you want this in pre rolled. And, and mm-hmm. they had like 20 different strains. Yeah. Whereas this place was like, oh, we have pre rolls. These are the pre rolls. Okay, what strain is that? It's weed, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's just weed. This is the pre rolled from this company. It's like, yeah. wow, that's all you got. Like, you don't have Bruce Banner, like, mm-hmm. pre roll like, nothing. Like, yeah. you can't even... Oh, you want that? They And they had buds. So they had, like... I gotta say about six or seven different, like... You know, flower that you could buy. Uh, but we were just like, well... No, nah, I, I don't have anything. Didn't have vaporizer or whatever, so... I don't know. slumming it. It was slumming it. But I gotta say, for the fact that we did our purchase... And I have a really cool bag... Like, I got to show you the, the little bag. Mm-hmm. They actually have to, like, they actually started changing Colorado law. So I was talking to the girl. She's like, no, if you buy gummies, they actually have a marijuana stamp on it. And they're like, that's so that if TSA stops you, they could say, oh, it doesn't look just like any other gummy. So it's kind of like... Bullshit. Yeah, it's like imprinted on there, like like stamped. Like, mm-hmm. that's the rule now. So they, they started changing some of the laws. And... Uh, one of my friends got, uh, some, he got a five pack of like these mini, um, joints. It's five for 25, whatever, like tiny, they're like quarter joints or whatever. Okay. Um, got them and they had to put them in this bag and it was this weird, cool bag, but it has like all these like writing on it. And it was like a lock bag. It was kind of weird.
0: Now is that because to to protect the smell to keep it from
1: absolutely not it was no. just for the law of like having a semi locked bag mm-hmm. like can't be a zip lock or like it had to be like there's like a safety lock on it hmm. it's weird, it's like a zip lock with a safety lock on it Wow, okay. strange, very strange, yeah, but yeah, so they have all these like weird little laws now, and uh it was all right the 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 people there not too knowledgeable, not really helpful.
0: I mean, Seattle. That's the one thing. You know, you are in a big city. You're in yeah. like a legit city, so there's obviously need more people. You know, more demand. Yeah. Than when you're going to a you know a ski town, even though it's a good size ski town, it's still a small town compared to
1: a big city. So um, I guess Eagle, where um, Beaver Creek is, we went there. Did one day at Beaver Creek. Really nice. Uh, Definitely a chill factor, like an affluent chill factor Mm -hmm. when you're there, Um, but they don't allow, they don't want it in their neighborhood. Vale doesn't want it in their neighborhood, so there's this Eagle Vale, like in the middle, that allows it there. And there's probably about, probably about six dispensaries in this one little tiny, like- Oh, really? That many, huh? Half a mile town. Um, But this is the one next to the brewery that everybody goes to because it's the brewery and the taco truck and, you know, so so you get the whole full experience. But some of the other ones are um, medicinal only. Ah. So that's the whole thing. There's There's some that are medicinal, some that are, like, recreational. So you got to make sure you go to recreational if that's what you're going for. Mm-hmm. And even when we went into this place, here's an example of, like, how weird it was, kind of like they don't manage it well. We walk in and... You're standing there, waiting to get like helped. You know, you're kind of waiting for somebody to like be available. And um, if you walk over and look at at the one thing, like, oh, excuse me, are you here for med- medicinal? Like, no, I'm just here. I don't know where to go. They're like, oh, you can't be there. I'm like, what do you mean I can't be there? I'm like, they're like, you can't be there. I'm like, okay, I still don't know why you're saying <laughs> I can't be there. Like, do you not want me there, or like I can't be there? Like, what what's going on? Oh no, you can't be there. I'm like. Can can you explain why I can't be there? Like, it's one of those things.
0: Oh my God, it's infuriating.
1: And then you get there and you start talking to them and they're like, well, you can look at this case. I'm like, okay, why can't I look at that case? They're like, well, that's that's uh, medicinal. Like, So I'm piecing together that. So you're saying because I'm not here for medicinal, I can't look at that because they have different products. Yeah. I'm like, why can't you fucking explain that? Like, I kind of get a little pissed off. So
0: it's a bit annoying,
1: yeah. A little bit annoying. Um, they should know better, uh, have signage or have somebody to explain it, but they obviously didn't give a shit. So mm. it was uh, interesting to see. And I was kind of like, all right, you guys are whatever you bad, they're not going to get a great Yelp review, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, but you know, they'll get a review, they'll, they'll get a decent review, not not a stellar. Um, But the tacos Those tacos are fucking awesome, man <laughs> I gotta say Hands down, Brian You would love those goddamn tacos
0: I am a taco-eating mofo
1: Damn And then I'm getting there And they're like This is my jam They're like Two tacos Like little mini tacos Two tacos for five bucks That's a deal I'm like, Are you serious? And I'm going in Getting a hamburger at the mountain For like 20 bucks Ugh Like a pretty shitty hamburger And the
0: tacos are way better, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I got chili at the mountain. I ate half of it. I was like, I can't eat this. That bad, huh? It was buffalo chili. I was like, I feel bad for the buffalo that you just killed for this because it's <laughs> horrible.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's bad. Not good. So, any other uh, highlights, tips,
1: recommendations? So, tips definitely uh, do somewhere where you have like, uh, there's a lot, a ton of condos. Um, any place where you can do breakfast, maybe even like little sandwiches or something like that on a mountain, mm-hmm. maybe a dinner once in a while. Everything's expensive, um, but there are a lot of nice places. Went to a nice German place, by the way. Oh, really? Bavarian. It wasn't German. It was Bavarian. What was it called? It was Alpen... Alpentuff Alpen... No, Alpentuff is a place... In- Alpen Rose Alpenrose. Alpenrose. It was excellent. Nice. Uh, so that was one big meal we we went out and ate at, and they actually have the Oktoberfest beers like the size. <laughs> oh, really? So cool. It was a pretty interesting night. That, that was before the um, uh, another good place was the bridge, the bridge bar and restaurant, which is basically the bar downstairs. Um, there's a dude playing there every night. Acoustic fucking Hippie great dude. time. Nice. Hippy dude. Nice little feel. Uh had a little creepy local feel till we got there. And then when we flood it with about thirty people, it <laughs> kinda things changed a little bit. It was a lot of fun. Um Had to Jersey it up. How to jersey it up. Uh that was cool. Um the uh other place that I think I want to mention on this podcast is the 10th Mountain Whiskey. Oh, that place was pretty freaking awesome. Uh, I gotta say, their whiskey and bourbon, so I had the whiskey, the bourbon, the vodka. Um, and this is all for like a bar call, just <laughs> so I didn't have yeah. one, I had a few. Uh, they were all really good. And I uh, spoke to one of the guys there, gave me a card for Ryan Thompson, uh, founder and creator. Uh, apparently. One of the grandfathers of one of the creators, I know it was him, or, um, was part of the Tenth Mountain. So they have... That's so cool. Oh, dude. So they have, like, the clothes they wore, like, the uh, the mountain gear, like, you know, the white suit. They yeah. have that there. They have, like, all the other stuff, like, you know, sitting there, like, in display, and it's pretty cool. It's a nice, chill That's place. That's so cool. Um, a lot, of, a lot of cool stuff for sale. Um... They're there, and they said they they brew everything. They they make their whiskey and bourbon and everything uh, right down the road. Said a few miles, like right in Vail. So nice, that was pretty nice, pretty neat, very cool. For a souvenir back for a little baby,
0: yeah, it's gonna be a uh, need of that <laughs> for in a couple months. <laughs>
1: You're gonna destroy it, I'm sure. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, Ho- hopefully, <laughs> break that thing open,
0: yeah. So it sounds like it was a good time. So how do you? How would you uh, rate Vale compared to a Telluride, in terms of just overall experience? You know the town, the mountain, the skiing.
1: I would. So I guess it's
0: it, kind of tough because the weather was a little bit different in both.
1: So I'm thinking if the weather was great at both, mm-hmm. right? I would say if you want crazy awesome skiing and still good nightlife, Telluride. Mm-hmm. If you want really good skiing and awesome selection in nightlife and maybe a little bit more upscale, veil. You know. Okay. Even though Telluride's expensive, Telluride is still like a little bit more local feel. More
0: rustic feeling.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, Veil, you you get that that shine and polish on everything, which which is good. I mean, it's not like an over-the-top polish, but it's just kind of a, you realize that it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, we hung out at the Ritz at um, Beaver Creek, just listening to dude play acoustic guitar. It was beautiful out. Hung out Moscow Mules, twenty bucks. Jesus, they were good. I gotta say, but uh, it better be. But you know what? That's that's what you buy in for. You know, so that's you're true. Here for that, but uh, I gotta say, if you want, if you're if you're more focused for skiing, I would say Telluride. Mm-hmm. But then again, I didn't see Vail to its full potential, you know? Right. Um, yeah.
0: All right, cool. So thanks for that recap. Um. So we'll have links in the show notes then to uh, some of the spots that you uh, were talking about. And you can get all that information and all those links to the places that Mario was just talking about in Vale at skibumpodcast.com
1: Oh, yeah. It's time. Time for Under the Ropes. Let's go Under the Ropes, man. Let's go. All right, first off,
0: this story is from the good folks at Yahoo News. Concorde 2.0 edges closer as startup Boom completes $33 million founding. Yeah. Boom. funding round. It's been 13 years since the Concorde was retired from service. I love but, the idea of it. But now a U.S. startup from Denver, Colorado, believes it can offer supersonic flights between London and New York, which take just over three hours and cost the same as today's business class seats. So Why
1: hasn't this been done before?
0: I don't know. It it's, it seems like we've progressed so much in so many different areas of technology except for commercial air travel. I it's it's blown my mind completely, but there's we've talked about it on several podcasts in the past that there's different companies trying different, you know, different methods of bringing that Concordesque uh, you know, travel back. Uh so Boom is saying they're going to begin work on a full-size plane capable of carrying 45 passengers in business-class comfort. But they're gunning for 2023 uh, as their their timeline.
1: Hmm.
0: They're promising that an aircraft will fly 2.6 times faster than current airliners at Mach 2.2. So that's roughly 1,451 miles per hour almost 100 miles an hour, faster than the Concorde.
1: Wow. So does the sonic boom, like, ruin the ozone or rip a layer in the, the time-space continuum? Like, why hasn't this been done? Uh, that's Just a wondering. very good question. I really have no answer to that. Like, is there a hidden reason, like, <clears throat> why they're like, all right, now we're ready for more sonic booms? I'm sure it's probably price point,
0: I would guess, that people, you know, they probably have in a certain amount that people will pay for business class flights and to create the technology and to get the insurance and to go through the development process it would be hard to reach that number that's my only guess
1: you could you could charge for the for the time it would take what they they were charging about 20 grand a flight round trip round trip on Mm -hmm. the Concorde before they decommissioned it yeah i mean come
0: on man well, there's, there, this article talks about the Concorde. Its first flight was in 1969. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. Um, and they're saying that they're trying to achieve that same $20,000, um, you know, round-trip cost uh, across the Atlantic.
1: They can make a lot of money doing that, dude. Old technology. Think about it. You're not reinventing, even if you go back to the old technology. Yeah. Right? Just mm-hmm. build a new plane. Pays for itself.
0: Yeah, Richard Branson was an early backer of Boom
1: and has pledged to buy 10 planes. Damn. Yeah. 10 planes. Mm Mm-hmm. Gotta gotta fly virgin. Yeah. Gotta fly virgin.
0: Beautiful. So, we'll find out.
1: All right, speaking of flight, SpaceX launched a recycled uh, rocket in its historic first. So, you know, while Elon Musk... uh, Ooh, this is like all while everybody is uh you know pushing the limits of flight trying to get sonic boom you know going um Elon Musk he's doing what he does he sends stuff into space better than anybody else has and brings it back boom so uh nearly 15 years after setting out to revolutionize um the you know flights into space um they launched relaunched an orbital rocket Thursday that had been previously used to push a payload beyond the, grasp of Earth, or beyond the grasp of Earth's gravity. So what they really actually did is just reuse a rocket that was already shot out. Uh, not really been done before without the whole refurbishing and retooling of everything. Just took it, chuck it right back out. Check it out, kiss it up. It's so
0: nice because, <laughs> you know it works, you know, NASA, as awesome as they were, they were extremely inefficient in how they you know, their attitude and point of view on rocket use. You know, they would just send it up and the uh you know, the boosters would just fly off into the into the ocean and just be considered garbage. Be you know, be done with it. While I mean you've seen the videos now of the uh the Falcon nine rocket relanding. I mean relanding and then being reshot up. It's on unbelievable. A-
1: drone ship that's pretty fucked up a
0: drone platform yeah 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 it's it's amazing when you go into private industry how much more efficient you're able to work and this is just the first steps what elon musk is doing at spacex it's unbelievable
1: well i think it's good for for everybody and i think it's even good in the longer for nasa because Mm -hmm. nasa if you think about it was under a microscope of you can't mess up you're kind of government funded, you know what I mean? Like it yeah. was it was the government fucking up. Now if if a private rocket ship were to fuck up, they'd be like, "All right, well, somebody messed up. That's not us." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like so I think it's just good for everybody. It takes a little bit of the stress off of like the pressure on people, but I think it's it's great pushing the envelope for for what's possible.
0: It's so cool. It's it's always great seeing what what's happening next with with SpaceX and any of Elon Musk's companies, you know, Tesla and um, SolarCity, which is now part of Tesla.
1: Well, one of the things, too, is that India and China are actually looking to put uh, cheap satellites up in the air. And they're doing it because they are they might not adhere to all these safety measures or whatever, but <laughs> they'll launch up rockets and they'll they'll put satellites up in the air and whatever. I mean, they're coming out with, like, costs that are, like, one tenth of the cost of of us putting up a satellite. This is where Musk is like competing with them now, mm-hmm. but doing it in a better way, more efficient, safer. all How that many stuff. of
0: those shitty Indian and Chinese uh satellites are just, you know end up falling out of orbit and landing in somebody's backyard?
1: Saying, you know, the big thing is getting them up there. Killing your cat. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Skylab. Mm. You remember this whole Skylab thing for satellite? Yeah, I
0: think I so. Love that. love that. All right, next up. So this is kind of a crazy story. A massive 100-kilogram gold coin worth $4.5 million was stolen from a German museum. How much? $4.5 million. Get the fuck out of here. Yep.
1: How big is that thing?
0: It is, uh, let's see. You
1: Dropping some coin on that (laughs) thing.
0: Yeah. Uh, So according to the German media, the stolen coin is, quote-unquote, the big maple leaf a commemorative piece issued by the Royal Canadian Mint in 2007. It's three centimeters, so 1.18 inches thick, with a diameter of 20.9 inches. So it has wow. a face value of $1 million. That's what it says on the coin itself. Wow. But by weight, One. it's worth almost $4.5 million. You gotta say it like Dr. Evil, $1 million. Dollars. No, I do not. <laughs> um... So this museum, it's the Bo- Bode Museum, it's located um, on the German capital's UNESCO-listed museum island, and it houses one of the world's biggest coin collections, holding 102,000 coins from ancient Greece and about 50,000 Roman coins.
1: But you used to have the biggest collection until this shit got stolen.
0: Still the biggest. This is not the richest anymore. Damn. So thieves apparently entered through a window at about 3.30 a.m. and broke into the cabinet where the coin was kept, and they escaped before the police arrived.
1: That's actually a crazy uh, grab. That's a lot of fucking gold right there.
0: Yeah. Wow. So I'll, and it's funny, too. Like, you wonder where this stuff ends up. You know, There's always those stories about what happens to famous paintings that are stolen or you know famous art pieces i would guess it's probably gonna go to some you know dubai billionaire you know just wants having his collection
1: might be somebody that owns aviato
0: aviato mayhaps <laughs> mayhaps or maybe they'll melt it down right. and make a bunch of really sweet like gold chains
1: oh man. you know the gold ropes you could have around your neck damn mr t style So you know it's pretty funny? It has a a portrait of Queen Elizabeth II on it. Mm -hmm. That's wild. Queen's still everywhere. Yep. It was in Germany. Got stole by somebody that's probably not from there. Uh, Who knows? It's probably Putin. Putin. Where'd he go, Putin? Yep. He's going to wear
0: it on his neck, like all Flavor Flavor style.
1: Uh, He's going to play hockey. He's going to play his birthday hockey thing tournament with that score nine goals nine goals against like current nhlers could have scored 12 if you yeah. didn't have the thing weighing him down same it could be a train device you
0: know <laughs> he wears it when he's training and you know to weigh him down and
1: on the horse when he rides the horse shirtless shirtless with his gold chain yeah. boom
0: it's quite possible now he's it's not a sh- good
1: look now he's not shirtless he's got a gold medallion it's a good look i like that he's gonna put it on a, on a roof of his car like the uh the hood of his car yeah <laughs> it'd be good all right, next up we got Domino's. Domino's pizza. If anybody hasn't ordered Domino's pizza in the last like decade, you know they're trying to. I have not. They're trying to turn shit up. I like Domino's. Domino's all right. If that's your only, if it's if it's that or Papa John's, <laughs> Domino's is the way to go. Actually, Papa John's I like better than Domino's. Do you really? Just to let you know. Yeah, Domino's is college style. You have to have a coupon. You, you got to have something. But anyway, what Domino's is doing now. Is they got they got delivery robots bringing pizza to people. Now they're doing this in Germany and the Netherlands. Hamburg is one of the places. Um, it's a cute little robot-looking thing. You see the picture in there. Can't bring it to Philly. Uh, It'll get
0: jacked if, it, if it's in Philly. <laughs> like that other that tra- remember that traveling yes. robot that was going across the country. Yes,
1: those little douchebags in Philly bringing Philly ruined Fucking it. Jack this this little little <laughs> robot that went everywhere around the world. Fucking goes to Philly. Boom. Two Done. Days. Done. Done. Bastards. Thanks, Philly. Fucking still hate them. Philly robot. Scumbag Eagle fucking fan. Bastard. Yeah. Uh, what's the name of him? What was the name of that guy? The Robot? Yeah.
0: Oh, what the hell was his name? The best was the little the messaging afterwards. Like, I still
1: believe in humans. <laughs> I still think they're okay. No, he doesn't. Oh, I'm looking at him right now. The Hinchbot. Hinchbot, yeah. The Hitchbot. The Hitchbot. The hitchhiking robot. The Canadian built hitchbot. Way to go, Philly, you fucking bastards. Yep. I remember you forever. You it survived Boston, it survived New York. Snowball Not throwing. Philly. That's right. You snowball throwing they, they beat it up. Bastards. Like what kind of savages beat up a poor little robot? All I have to say is, do you have to have savage Philly? That's it. Yeah. Philly. <laughs> Suck a dick.
0: It's just all trashed. <laughs> Suck a dick, Billy.
1: and dick, oh, Philly. And the
0: best was that it would tweet out and said, Oh dear, my body was damaged, but I live on with all my friends. Sometimes bad things happen to
1: good robots. Oh. Unless you're in Philly and then bad things happen every time. Over. Fucking Philly. Over Philly. Anyway, anyway, so this... They're not going to put the... Domino's knows Philly. They're not going to put this shit out there. <laughs> it's not going to do with the tea stage. or nothing. Lesson. There's not going to be Pat's or Geno's fucking robots around. They're mm-hmm. going to be like, no, you come through the thing. What do you want? You know what you want? Get the back of the line. Yep. That's what you got, Pat's Geno's. <laughs> anyway, so they're starting this summer. Germany and Netherlands. And they have these cute little robots. Actually, the little front looks like kind of a cute little like, hey, man. Um, I can see crackheads, like, trying to get in there, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. little pry bars. Like, I know there's pizzas in it. So, uh, four miles per hour, it's gonna drop off piping hot pizzas within one mile radius of each store. So, all right, that's kind of cool. You can actually walk with it, make sure, like, nobody's fucking with the robot. Um... So it's
0: gonna, it, so it's gonna travel one mile from the store.
1: Right, right. Okay. Because four miles an hour, it's just gonna... Well, because they actually said, and... I actually listen to – so I listen to Motley Fool every week and they were actually – they actually talk about Domino's. Their price – stock price is going up. They're actually getting to the point where they can't deliver – they don't have enough delivery people to deliver the pizzas that people are ordering. Really? Isn't that fucked up? They're getting to a point of saturation where they can't – they don't have the delivery mechanism. So now they're looking for like shit like this, which is actually pretty cool. Like, you know, um, you talk about Amazon delivering stuff. Amazon's doing it because they they're saturated they they need more methods of delivery like that many people are buying stuff from them, so it's kind of interesting to see you're hitting this saturation point of delivery versus supply supply versus delivery you know didn't they also
0: have that thing recently where they had the that special truck made or had an oven built into the
1: yes into the car that's genius think about it. I give you an oven truck. You go out two miles from the place, and then you deliver, or people come up and pick it up. I don't know. could work out. Or yeah, you have co- these little robots. It was the Domino's DXP. Boom. That and was- now think about it. You have Domino's DXP go five miles from your store, and then these little robots go one mile from that Domino's. That's perfect. So now you cover Let's them Just like- have those trucks driving around. That's what I'm saying. And then you, d- you deploy the— uh, it's like deploying the, the, the mothership. It's the mothership. It's the the it's pizza a, mothership. The pizza blimp mothership. <laughs> yeah, it's all going to go down to blimps. That's how you start. All going to go to blimps, mm. I'm telling you, dude. Blimp mothership. I'm still not convinced of the blimps. <laughs> the blimpership.
0: Well, I guess it'd be like a food truck. You know, like you drive your food truck to wherever you are, you crank out your pizzas, And, and still, you have a little delivery, a little the little pods going out and delivering. That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. All right, you got the last two. These are all your, your babies. Oh, this is a
0: fun one. This, this is, is so awesome. <laughs> so the Mexico Tourism Board made a cloud that rains tequila. I mean, is that the most insane, awesome thing you've ever heard in your entire life?
1: They're looking at us like saying, build a wall now, motherfuckers. No. Build We're going to keep it the all The wall in is a
0: terrible idea.
1: <laughs> build a wall now. We're going to keep all the tequila cloud up in here.
0: The Mexican Tourism Board and a creative agency... Lapiz L A P I Z has partnered to create a man made cloud that produces raindrops of actual tequila.
1: Lapiz is pencil, isn't it? I don't know. So the company's named Pencil?
0: I guess, yeah. The Boozy Puff was developed as a promotional stunt to attract German tourists to Mexico and (laughs) was put on display.
1: Why German tourists art
0: gallery in Berlin?
1: Why they gotta be so racist?
0: They know the Germans like to drink. And they do. Unfortunately, the cloud can't float freely and meet you at your local bar. It's actually formed by a tequila-based mist held together by a plastic container to keep its fluffy cloud shape.
1: So you're saying you're having a delivery method mechanism of, like, a little fan and a mask.
0: They're using, like, humidifiers, too. Hmm. Yeah, which, uh... Helps to vibrate the tequila at a rate that turns the alcohol into a visible mist that is filtered into a container.
1: What happens if you put a little chronic in there?
0: <laughs> then you got a party going.
1: <laughs> you got a little Snoop Dogg action right there.
0: Yeah. But they've, you know, they've got the technology to do this to a, uh, a small degree. But how cool would that be if you just could make your little tequila clouds and like, hey, happy hour starts and you fire out a cloud and everyone oh, who's there can... It's all
1: happy hour, just man. Just partake. I'm not really drinking. I'm just hanging in a happy hour.
0: The key is they got to figure out a way to turn car exhaust into this. Yes. You know, if somehow you can break down the molecular compound so that that is what your exhaust fumes are. It's some sort of like tequila or like single malt gotch exhaust. Oh, that'd be nice. You're on something. It's yeah, like the hyd- the hydrogen-powered cars. Their exhaust is just water vapor. And so it could be tequila tweak, vapor. If you can tweak the formula, you can make a tequila vapor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, you do that at Prius, maybe I'll buy one, but not going to happen. Yeah.
0: Then. And our final story since this weekend, it was April Fool's Day, one of the most obnoxious holidays now with the internet. So a couple companies had a, some funny tricks that they pulled, uh, but I don't think any of them were better. Than what was pulled off by the good folks at Pornhub. That's right. Now we Pornhub, porn their their social media and marketing teams are really good. We talked about it a couple weeks ago when there was the big snowstorm that hit the Northeast. They had the Pornhub uh, snowplows oh, plows, that were rolling around. Right. Yeah. So now they pulled off quite an epic April Fool's Day prank, where after viewing videos on their site. The site terrified fans by creating a pop up message thanking them for automatically sharing its videos on Facebook. That's <laughs> the awesome. caption read, No need to manually share your videos to your friends and family ever again because this new revolutionary feature does it for you. And it's <laughs> got a pop up window with a thumbs up saying, Thanks for sharing. Pornhub is now automatic video sharing. And there's two buttons one that says, Thanks, Pornhub. And the other that says, WTF, reverse this now.
1: That's <laughs> awesome. Dude, I pressed reverse this now like five times. It worked. Oh, boy. No, nah, it's was pretty funny. Yeah, we
0: back. we all saw on Facebook the cuckold videos that you were watching.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's not my
0: Granny game. cuckold. <laughs> <Great to go.
1: laughs> hey, hey, don't project what you watch hey. on me, man. <laughs> don't project what you watch <laughs> on me, bro.
0: Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. Um, and it seemed like a pretty obvious gag knowing it, uh, you know, april fools but hey when that thing pops up i mean i got duped by now not really duped i was skeptical i got something on march 31st uh i like to wear brooks running sneakers when i run hmm. and i've subscribed to, to their their newsletter or whatever and i got an email saying oh we now have you know brooks like running shoes for dogs i'm like what the fuck is this email?" Uh, <laughs> so i clicked on it and it's like april fools i'm like oh that's actually like, Good, but I'm you wanted to
1: see they, the the running shoes for dogs.
0: I was, I was curious.
1: There's got to be running shoes for dogs out there now. The I'm sure there is. I'm sure
0: there's like those stupid uh, the Vibram, those like finger finger toe shoes. I'm sure they have those for dogs. I've seen dogs with like little slippers in the winter time. You know, if it's well they cold. have booties. They have booties. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, um, Buford had little booties on.
0: Yeah, they like the indoor, like don't scratch the.
1: Yeah, that's what everybody has. Yeah. Not really sneakers, just little paw, paw protectors. What? Top five dog shoes. <laughs> this a-
0: Don't even acknowledge that. Yeah. Don't even acknowledge that.
1: Outdoor enthusiasts. They actually have outdoor hiking shoes for dogs.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Barking boots. Well,
0: I guess with rocks and everything. With yeah, Grip keep- Tex
1: <laughs> by Ruffwear.
0: With rocks and, you know, if you're doing some serious hiking, you, know, you don't want the, the dogs to hurt their paws on yeah. rocks or, you know, sharp edges.
1: Power push traction socks. Beautiful. Um. Let's see. Yeah, you're not having any of this.
0: None of that. So I guess that wraps up the old podcast this week, eh?
1: That, that looks like it does.
0: All right, cool. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. Email us, ski podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on social media, twitter.com slash skibumpodcast, facebook.com slash skibumpodcast, instagram.com slash skibumpodcast, pinterest. We're doing things as highfalutins, and SoundCloud. We're also skibumpodcast. Thanks again. Please go on your favorite podcast app and rate us with five stars, and we will see you guys next week.
1: Stay high, stay pollutant. See
0: you.